word to our hearts and open our hearts to your word that we might see you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly. Amen. Please be seated if you're standing. Well, tonight's passage is a great passage, a great evening that we've come to. There's three main points in the reading of the gospel. Jesus provides a meal. He gives an example of servanthood. And he issues a command as their teacher and Lord. So we're going to just touch on those. Uh, Meals are from the first to last in the Bible. The very beginning of the Bible, God provides fruit on the trees for the people to eat. And at the very end of the Bible, again, we get fruit trees. The picture of the heavenly kingdom is a wedding feast. And the Lord even prepares a meal on the beach for his disciples. It's replete with meals. If you're at home and spending an inordinate amount of time on the computer, you'll have seen lots of things that are anxiety-producing, but also lots of wonderful stories about uh, good news. Uh, John Krasinich has uh, this uh, Good News Network, or Some Good News. Uh, One of my favorites was some kids who were disappointed that they couldn't go out for a meal with their parents because of the lockdown, and uh, so the parents hosted them. The two little boys dressed up, came to the front door. Uh, Mom was uh, working as a maitre d', took their name and reservation, and uh, it was a lovely thing. Did you know that I've been told that in Oxford and Cambridge, the original qualification for getting a degree was not to do with academics, but simply how many meals they had in college with their fellow students. And so tonight we have two references to the meal. We have the Passover meal in Exodus, and then we have, of course, the meal that Jesus instituted. And this is the day we remember he instituted it. Remember that it was a meal with a long tradition and history, the Passover meal. This was the meal Jesus was having. And it was for the Jewish people a pivotal, formative, determining meal for them. There were specific instructions, not only what was to be eaten, how it was to be eaten, who was to eat it, where they were to eat it, and where it was to lead them. It was, as the reading said, a day of judgment as the angel of death went over the land of Egypt and passed over those who had put applied the blood of the lamb to their lintels. It was a day of remembrance, a day of celebration, and a day of of observance. And so Jesus hosts this Passover meal for his disciples and then becomes the Passover meal, the Paschal Lamb, along with his blood shed and the unleavened bread. And he says, this blood, this wine is my blood, this bread is my body. It's a day of judgment for us because as we come to the communion table, we remember that he took the punishment that was deserving to us. It is a day of celebration because it is the meal that leads us out of slavery, not slavery in the land of Egypt, but slavery to self or to sin or to despair. And it's a meal of freedom. After the meal, they walked into the promised land via the wilderness and reclaimed the mission that had been given to Abraham some hundreds of years before that Abraham was to go to the land so that he might be a blessing to the land and to all the people. We've lost the word Pasqua. In Spanish, of course, Easter is called Pasqua. Almost every language except English and German refers to this 
celebration of the meal and the death and the resurrection as the Paschal Feast. In French, it's Pac. In Spanish, it's Pacwa. In Greek, it's Pascha. In Hebrew, it's Pesach. They all remind us that this meal is about the Passover meal of God's provision of freedom and is called to be a blessing. And so, as Father Bates said at the beginning, Monday, Thursday comes from the word to command. A command is laid upon us. But you've got to think, is this an impossible command? How can we possibly love like Jesus did? Is it a command that we are bound to fail? Is it a command that we will find restrictive and onerous? It's people in command and authority who issue commands. So we need to remember that in the context of this, Jesus begins the meal not as the person in authority, but as the lowly servant, there to wash the dirty feet of his friends, to wrap the towel and dry them. And it's in that context that he stands to give a command. Now, what does it mean to give that command if it were to be impossible to fulfill? Is it more of an invitation? More of an invitation to come with him to be a part of his mandate, welcoming us to draw alongside him in his mandate to love the world, a mandate of love that will require tenacity, courage, patience, devotion. It's an invitation to engage with life, to live life with exuberance, to grab hold of a confidence that leads to graciousness. And so it's not a command to restrict us, to make us feel guilty, to close us off, but rather an opening, a deepening, and a broadening Psalm 119, verse 96 says, I have seen the limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. And so to respond to his invitation, to shoulder his command, is to respond to gather around his table, the Lord's table, where he will meet with us week by week. It's to acknowledge that the judgment that we deserved fell upon him, the lamb, the paschal lamb. It is to observe his commandments or to engage in his mandate. It's to celebrate the freedom that he's purchased for us and to prepare ourselves for the mission of love to which he calls us. To leave here not only feeling loved, but resolved to love one another. So may God bless us as we gather around his table tonight, this Passover meal where he is the lamb, that shed his blood for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.